so um, I don't know if you noticed earlier, but um, all the social medias were down. <laughs> Everything on my Facebook. <laughs> it was just, it was all shut down. But, um, you know, that, that wasn't really a problem. Being able to get on Instagram or Facebook, you know, I don't know, look at stories or scroll. That wasn't really the problem. The issue was the fact that I was checking um, my personal email around 11.45 a.m. And you know what I saw in there? You know what I saw that I didn't even get notified about? Apparently, um, advanced tickets for Dune went on sale this morning. Oh, wow. And apparently, I found out 45 minutes after the fact. So I ran my little ass on over to Fandango, and I went to my favorite IMAX. And I can tell you (laughs) that almost the entire theater for that showing was sold out. I was able... Exactly. I was able, (laughs) I was able to nab a seat in my favorite row, but it is one of the seats near the, um, the stairwell. It's one of the edge seats. Oh, dang. And this is IMAX. I'm just like, I, every time I, every time I like think about it, I just like, I feel like Nene Leakes, like, like I was, I was shocked, shocked. honey. Yeah, I, was I was in tears, tears almost awful. because I feel like I just got the white refrigerator of movie ticket seats. Not a white refrigerator, girl. Please Not the white refrigerator. <laughs> the ghetto. <laughs> the ghetto. I just because this is this is IMAX. This is the IMAX that has that little that little barrier at the bottom of the screen, so you don't like fall like you don't fall over it. You know, it's like it's. But the, it's, also, podcast people. For, for context, Jared has to sit dead center. Listen, I need to see it head on. <laughs> In my face. When IMAX says, why see a movie when you can be a part of one? I took that personally. <laughs> I took that personally. I have a seat. I have a row dead center. And the fact that somebody got to it before me well it's really the fact that i wasn't notified properly i'm like i'm i'm mad at myself because i should have been on top of this like we're we're in we're in quarter four of movies this is this is when all the big ones like you know come out especially after corona and all those delays like this friday Mm -hmm. we're getting bond um the 15th we're getting halloween kills um, the 22nd, we're getting Dune. And I think um, the 29th, we're getting both Antlers and Last Night in Soho. And then yep. November 5th, we're getting The Eternals, which I really think, because we're recording this on the 4th, I really think tickets will go on sale tomorrow morning. So I will, will be watching that because that will not happen. Because I honestly thought that what I'm seeing for Dune was going to be reserved for the Eternals. I wasn't expecting this kind of fervor for Same Dune. There. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm very happy for um it's his name is French. You don't you don't pronounce the S. Um I'm very happy for um Dene. Oh. Cause he he um he because he was very upset about the fact that it's being released in both, you know, HBO Max and theaters. You know, everybody is upset, but y'all need to get over it. Okay. Get over all of it. But I, I say this to say, though, um, I'm happy for him because I don't think he needs to be too worried because the the attendance, like the numbers that I'm seeing with these sales currently, like people are showing up in droves. Like this is, this is almost, like I haven't seen 
a theater that filled that quickly since like what like in game or like yeah. star wars like this is this is crazy so what i will be doing <laughs> is i'll in the coming weeks i'll be like continually like just checking on you know the the that that showtime and seeing if any seats open up because that's the same thing i did for um shang chi and i was able to nab like just one seat or two down away from my like my my seat so i was mm -hmm. able to get it because it they might come available but if any of these moviegoers are like me they're gonna keep an ironclad grip on those seats like nothing will be changing but you never know so i'll keep an eye out but if i go that Friday, I will be looking at the screen from an angle. I will be over here looking well, at maybe, the screen. Maybe people won't come and you can just scoot over. That makes me nervous, Mel, because my one of my worst fears is like being in theater and, you know, I got my seat and then somebody comes up and he's like, excuse me. I hate that. Can I tell you how much I hate that? I'm, I'm going to sound like an old fart. And I don't care. I miss the days when we were kids and you just went in the movie and found a seat. You had to fight for it like it was the last can of spam in the ration line in the war. Okay? You found your, your hill and you staked your claim. And that was it. Do you know how annoying it is when people are like on their phones and like looking at their ticket and looking at the seat when someone's sitting in it? Like, just sit down. Just sit down. Just what I do, what I do is I commit it to memory and it really helps the fact that, you know, I usually get the same seat, but I commit it to memory and I have no, I have not run into any problems where people challenge me for my seat. Cause it's just like, I know it's mine. You know, it's mine. We have, we have, we have uh, verification, but I, I remember, I do remember those days where reserved seating did not exist. It was not a thing. Those days were like, um, if it was a big premiere, you would get to the theater early, like so um, early so early and it for, was always awkward when you got there late and there was like one seat in the front and one seat in the corner and one seat in the other corner and y'all were a group <laughs> for harry for harry potter and the deathly hallows part one and two we got there like seven hours before showtime and was like near the top of the stairs each time um and this again i was i'm a reformed twihard but when i was in the thick of it um into the thick of it Exactly. When I saw New Moon, uh, me and my brother, we got there. Um, we got to Harkins Theaters in uh, Northfield um, in Denver. We got there right after school around like three or four. And we were the first people there because when I went to see Twilight the year previously, I had gotten there 30 minutes to showtime. And when I tell you that line was enormous, like I got to the middle of the line, but by the time they were letting us in the theater, that line ran all the way back to the back of the theater, like near the exit doors. And I'm just like, never again. So now we're in the age of reserved seating. It's just like, when you're not able to reserve the seat that you want, that's when you get to where I am right now. So I do have a backup plan. Like I may just go on Saturday and, you know, get a better seat, but you're like me, you get this, like moving going, a huge part of it is the experience and mm -hmm. being there opening night, like nothing compares to that energy of an anticipated movie. I'm so a sold out theater. Excited for Halloween. I'm so excited. Do you remember when we went? Do you remember when we went to see Halloween? <laughs> to like two or three years ago? <laughs> Yo, packed out. People this, were so excited. This is gonna be the Dolby Theater. Dolby. Do you have you ever been to a Dolby Theater? Yes, we went to go see 
Canyon. No, no, that was uh, that was RPX. Dolby is different. I saw Creed in Adobe. Like when I tell you it was like earthquake, your seat yeah. was just yep, like I'm, the ride in Disneyland, the thing. I'm scared because Dolby is loud. Like I keep imagining, what if I saw instead of seeing a Quiet Place Part Two in IMAX, what if I saw it in a Dolby theater? In Dolby, oh, oh my god. god, my heart. So yes, I'm excited for that. But yeah, y'all, um, the internet. The not the internet, the socials were down. And my biggest qualm was the fact that I was not properly notified of Dune tickets. So moviegoers out there, if you're like me, um, if there is an app that alerts you to when movie tickets go on sale, not Fandango, but one that like actually like, you Do know, you movies. not have all the, the, the rewards points like I have? I do. Yeah, I have AMC. I have a. You have Fandango. the apps on your phone. Yeah, maybe I don't have the alert set up, but I just like <laughs> I need really? them. I need them to alert me. I need my phone to like go off like a howler from Harry Potter when these tickets are on sale. Like, stop what you are doing. They are on sale. <laughs> get that row. Get that seat. Go. Yeah, because I was just. But yeah, y'all. Um, but now the socials are back up, and I mean, I don't know. It was a. It was a quiet day though. So. Well, I had no choice but to be. Can't complain. Yeah. 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 What up, podcast people? Hey, hey, hey. We're back. Back, back, back again. (laughs) Um, Episode 36. 36. The same age as Captain Falcon. Falcon! Who the hell is Captain Falcon? Where you uncultured. Do you not play video games? Do you not play Smash Brothers? Do you not know who Captain Falcon is? His abs and chest are insured. Let me tell first, you. First, I have two things. Number one, clearly, I don't know who he is, if I ask. <laughs> and B, you did not have to come for my neck in that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was my that was my nerd side coming out and just like you know, Captain Falcon, come on, like... The next time you miss a reference, I'm gonna drag you. It's okay. That's what we do on this show, with love. Like Hillary Duff said, just do it with love. It's okay. Yeah, Captain Falcon. Oh. Yeah, show, show me a move. Come on. Yep. Yep, Smash yep. Brothers fame, but also F-Zero beforehand, but... Smash Brothers. He's a he's big in Smash Brothers. Speaking of tomorrow, the fifth is when they finally reveal who the last fighter for um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will be, and the nerds are going crazy because they're thinking it's going to be Sora from Kingdom Hearts, Waluigi from Super Mario, or um, Crash Bandicoot from the Crash series. Um, it's probably going to be someone completely unexpected. Like, I mean, if if Steve from Minecraft can get in there oh my god ash from pokemon is in there where have you been who are you i don't play this game what is going on (laughs) 
Where is Brandon? Get him in here. Get him on the phone. What is this? Because I know he knows. He probably. I don't play this game. Oh my god. Do you not know how much Super Smash Brothers Brawl changed my life? <laughs> like that rollout, that entire rollout in 2007 and 2008, especially after it was delayed like three times. My God. But yes, um, that's happening tomorrow. So I'm excited. Um, well, should we just jump right in? Let's jump on in. All right. Negronomicon. Pull it off the shelf. Dusting it off. Um let's see today's topics well let's just get straight to it um so over the weekend we had done a little poll since um i had mel had finished squid game uh last weekend i had finished it i think on thursday so we had done a little poll and we wanted to know um like were you in agreement with me who liked the ending like did you like the ending did it satisfy you did it wrap everything up or were you like mel who thought there were plot holes galore and it didn't really it was a like plenty it was, it, galore <laughs> um, adjectives <laughs> and it and it fell it fell flat it was um she was very whelmed no was very whelmed so i was very whelmed um i not a lot of you voted but we did have some votes um i'll have you know that um Mel's own man, Brandon, was on my side. So thank you very much. But um, it looks like the majority sided with Mel. So you guys did not think that the ending for Squid Game was, you know, it didn't give what needed to be gave. And I just wanted to ask Mel about this because we didn't really get into it. Like, what what about the ending did you not like? What um, there, plot holes? I just, I just. I just okay the main plot hole okay hold on pause 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 if you have not watched this series yet go away <laughs> get come out find us get out go watch get it. out but and what, come back. what we'll do is um what i'll do in the description is i will put timestamps so you guys will know when these stories are happening and know where you can skip ahead we just don't so, want you to squid game spoiler if you have been living like patrick under a rock for the past month and you have not watched this show don't do damn like that i'm sorry but okay because you've been under that same rock because you all know what smash brothers is <laughs> anyway yes anyway sorry one i didn't understand the whole like brother cop situation homeboy came in he came through he was like rat, 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 killing people taking masks whatever and then just died didn't did, Oh what no, I I don't think he died. I think that um because he you know how he shot his brother in the shoulder and his brother also shot him in the shoulder and we heard him hit the water. We didn't hear him hit no rocks. He ain't dead. Well, he alive. Dead. I don't this it was I don't understand why we I thought his dead. brother was a college student. Yeah, that's what I'm like, what what? Yeah, this so is a grown man out here in charge now. How did he get in charge? Where did he come from? He won. He just stayed. I don't get it. And then the old man, the old man was cute. And then it turns out he's rich and he's the one in charge and blah, blah. And then he just dies. Then my guy is like, now the trauma gone. Poetic cinema. And he, and he gonna dye his hair. That's fine. He's cute, whatever. Rah, rah. Like Ruby up in the joint. But then, like, you see the guy. You see my train to Busan dude over yonder. And it messes you up so bad that you now go on this 
vigilante crusade to go back to the game. Like, I just, it was a lot. Wait, wait, wait. Train to Busan guy. Did he play the father in Train to Busan? Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. Wow. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. Just that. I am I am the one who is uncultured, forgive me. But um <laughs> I okay, so that part, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. I was sitting there biting my knuckles, like biting my fists, like go see your daughter, go see your daughter, go see your daughter, get on a plane, get on a plane, like do it. Like when they said get on that plane, I guess, because I'm just like they keeping tabs on him, they watched him, they know. But the fact that he like he basically pulled like a take in and was like, I will find you. And I will kill you. I was Why? like, I was like, God damn it. But at the same time, I'm like, I get it. Get what? You chose to take your narrow behind into that arena after red light, green light. You went back because your life was terrible. Your mother died. Your daughter gone. Oh, wife broke. So heavy. I knew, I knew when he, I knew when um Sang Wu's mom was like, I haven't seen her in like two days. Or Damn. I like I knew it. I'm like, she died. And she died alone. That was so heartbreaking to me. She that was such a very heavy last episode. Like yeah. uh, but it's like I just I just don't what I don't understand is like. Damn, that hurt my feelings. What I don't understand where this like vigilante, I'm gonna kill you all thing came from. Cause he wants to, it's the it's the it's the proletariat wanting to take down the the bourgeoisie. Whatever. Oh, speaking of bourgeois, I did not care for that whole scene with like the white guys and the masks. That was just to outline the fact, you know, that the rich you know the one percent i know the- but the writing was so like and i don't know if it was purposeful that it was that basic it was a lot what how how the characters are so flat yeah i like to think that was so that was to make it so you could really like they're a very like cookie cutter in the way that you could really put anybody in their shoes like mm-hmm. the anybody from like the because you couldn't like and, th- and that's the reason why they were also masked because like it's just like you can pretend like you can like is is jeff but you know what is would've jeff been, under there is mark you know what would have been more fire is bill if it was if is sarah under there you know what i mean because oh yeah like, i was wondering why a woman wasn't there but i was like uh-huh. of course a woman wouldn't be there because this is always you know it's always like the rich white men or the you know majority of them are white men but it's like, I don't know. I just, I wish that, because that game was so detrimental and so many people died. And it was, I think it was a waste to not focus on the game. Like our, our attention was split between what was happening in the room and what was going on on the glass things. And it was a lot. Oh, that was a hard one. She did, She went out like a G though. She did. That crazy woman, yeah, yeah, she did. I appreciate it. And the whole internet. I love how the whole internet is like, especially, especially black black Twitter is just like she did what she needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's what I love about the show: how the culture is really taking it in. And one thing I do want to say about the show that I appreciate um, the fact that it was, um, and I admire immensely the fact that it was created and written by like one person and also directed, um, Huang Dong um, Hayuk. I think I, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, but 
he it took him half a year for the first two episodes alone to write them and then um when it comes to making a sequel even though there's all this like this fanfare and it's wildly popular and, and like the i mean the cast the main cast is going on like i think freaking jimmy kimmel this week um like wow like the the you know the the international success is amazing but um he personally um is not like he doesn't feel like the urge for a sequel mainly because he doesn't have a story yet um and the fact that you know he feels like it's good as is um and he says if he were to make a second season he would he would not he would like to employ a writer's room he would like to employ more help this time um which i think is um i think that is um a really not brave um i think that's a really uh not a tyler perry thing to do <laughs> i wasn't gonna say nothing but you know um i just think that is a very um transparent thing to do i i like how he admitted like because with this show as big as it's gotten if they were to do a second season it it has very very big shoes to follow and it's like i'm i'm glad that he even with all of the attention the show's getting <clears throat> i'm glad that he does not feel pressured or he doesn't feel like affected to make a second season because i feel that he should only do it if he's passionate about it because truly it's like it's and i said this to my friends it's like fuck us like no like if if you were not in it i don't want it like if you come up with a story that you were 10 toes down about like fully passionate about you see it you want to do it you really see it in your mind's eye and you really have an idea because how he did this was he saw all those characters he had something like real world that he could relate to because he started it because i think he was like down on his luck money wise and with jobs so it really was birthed out of like something personally relatable like the struggle and that's why the show is is so it's range the way it can reach because it's so relatable it touches a lot of people so if he did the second season i think he should only do it if he really has a story that he personally feels compelled and passionate about and then also if like he is able to get you know if employ a writer's room and and like a, a really really good writer's room and like you know have um maybe even bring in additional directors you know just like because I don't think it is um, beyond him or beneath him to do it again all by himself. But the fact that like he would like to employ help going forward, I think that's really beautiful. But um, I'm like at at this point, especially because you know the ending, it's like open ended. If it were to end now and there's no other school game, I'm fine with that. But if they if he wants to continue, I want it to be because he wants to, not because Netflix wants to, not because. You know, all the people, I really want the creator, like the sole creator. If he wants to do it, then I'm down. But if he doesn't, I'm okay with that. Always reference Alex Hirsch in this situation. Alex Hirsch is the creator behind Gravity Falls. Mm. Y'all listen to other episodes of this podcast. You know how much I love that cartoon. And he did not push it. 
He's like, I just need these two seasons. Yep. That, that's all the story that I got for y'all because that's all y'all need. That's it. That's all. That's all. And that's fine. That's fine. Because there, there are other stories to tell. We, he can always come back to us with something different. But it's just like, I only want it if he, I only want it if he does. Not because we do. It, it just, it won't, it'll become like this, this, this popular money grab thing. It won't be for the right reasons. I right. think. And I don't want it to become that because this show, part of it being the way it is, is, is because it's just, it, it, it's just so like, it has a message and a story to tell. Why do um, you have a question? Breaking news announcement. I'm sorry to interrupt our reg- regularly scheduled programs. What's happening? What's happening? The, I never, it's IATSE. Oh, did it, did it? 98% of people voted for, to yes for a strike. How could they not? How could they not? Oh my God, this is so good. This is so good. Wow. This is so good. Because people know. IATSE members in TV and film production voted to authorize the first nationwide industry strike in our 128 year history. Do it. I'm all, I'm so 98% per- voted yes, and the voter turnout among eligible members eligible members was 90%. I'm so for it. Wow. People, people are waking up. People get it. They get okay. it. Sorry, I just saw it on Twitter. Back to our regularly scheduled. That's so important. I'm so happy. We love that. Um but okay, um, okay, enough about the, enough about Squid Game. Um, we have other pages here, but yes, um, Mr. Huang, like seriously, if you if you want to do a second season, do it because you want it to, and the people will watch. But or you, don't, and we'll yeah. I was gonna say if you if you don't if you don't, you're fine. Just enjoy your successes from this one season, and there you go. But congrats to you because you did that. This is proof that you can, like one person can do all of that. It's just, you know, yeah. So there you go. Um, We had a couple trailers that were released this week. Um, Just Beyond on Disney Plus from R.L. Stein was released. And then uh, the Chucky trailer, which premieres on Sci-Fi, wait, or the USA Network. It's which channel is that? Hold on. I thought it was sci-fi. I thought it was both. Hold on. Oh my it's, god. I think it's just sci-fi. Oh my god. Um, where would I get USA Network? My God. Oh, it's both. I was right. <laughs> um, so yeah, Chucky is premiering um next Tuesday, October 12th on the Sci-Fi Network as well as the USA Network. And this trailer was released. Um both look good. For me, just beyond, I really have to take myself out of like thinking that this is going to be goosebumps or this is going to be the nightmare room or this is going to be um, the um, the haunting hour because those are very specific like um, genres of of horror, you know, of, of children's horror. Just beyond is looking like it's going to employ children's horror, but it's not going to be entirely based on children's horror just on the title alone it's like it's giving very much sci-fi 
And after seeing the trailer, it's uh, the Twilight Zone vibes are very strong. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to have a central hub, which is going to be like a school. So I don't know. It looks interesting. Um, it looks, Mel, you used the word epic. In a bad way. Yeah, because it's just, I don't know, the scale is kind of. It just, it seems too fantastical. It, it looks like it should be on Discovery Kids. Like a show about, a, I don't know. It's just, it's like, or like, I don't know. Maybe that could it's be. It's just... very like Halloween Town 6 to me right now. And I don't enjoy that. Bigger than that. The trailer was very like, maybe that's just the way the trailer was edited. Well, I don't enjoy it. It was very bombastic in your face. Like, you know, (laughs) you know, it just felt very like, bam. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, but I mean, I'm, I'll give it a peek and I love R.L. Stein making new things for, you know, the new, for the new kids of today. The babies. The babies. So it's always good for a new generation to be introduced to the greatness that is R.L. Stein. So I'm all for that. Um, And that premieres around halloween i think let me see what the what the thing says um oh october oh so this premieres next wednesday so a day after chucky premieres and it's gonna be eight episodes yeah so i'm looking forward just beyond with chucky i'm i'm more excited about that than uh just beyond because one beautiful thing about this chucky series is the continuity um for those of you who have been um, who are caught up with all the child's play movies, um, which last ended with um, with uh, the cult of Chucky, and I think uh, 2000, 2017. Yes. So um, yeah, the continuity is continuing after we left off with the cult of Chucky from two thousand seventeen, and also you know um, Curse of Chucky from two thousand thirteen. So, and we're getting some veterans back, like we're getting a grown up Andy Barkley played by Alex Vincent. We're getting um well he was in The Curse of Chucky, wasn't he? He had a cameo appearance near the end. Mm. Um of both Curse and Cult of Chucky. Um we're uh we're we're getting um Kimberly Elise back who played Kyle from Child's Play 2, which is my personal favorite of the Child's Play series, Child's Play 2. Like that's a great sequel. Um and of course, Jennifer Tilly, the iconic Jennifer Tilly, uh, we're getting her back as Tiffany. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited for where they're going to go, what they're going to do. It looks, it looks really fun on the, on the small screen from what I've seen. Um, Chucky's design, like uh, modern day, it doesn't compare to like the eighties and the nineties. I liked his design better back then, but um, like, cause his face is just, Doing too much? I don't know. If, absolutely the most. It's, it's just like, I don't know. Is it like an Instagram? I, I don't know. I don't know. But it emotes too much for a doll. Okay. I'm His face is, it's very like, I don't know. It's very, it's just a different type of, it's very. It's wrong. It's wrong. Like, Incorrect. <laughs> I, the I will, assignment was not understood. It's wrong. I'll say one thing um, good about it, though. Um, Chucky's hair is always laid. Edges in order. Not an inch out of place. Even when his face was all stapled back together. Oh, no. That that hair will always be laid. Always. But um, it looks good. I'm excited for it. It looks very, like, 
I'm just excited to see Chucky on like the small screen and how he's really gonna like cut it up. So I'm 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 looking forward to it. And then it has been announced that um, we're getting the trailer for Scream, the the fifth movie in the Scream series, um, coming out, which comes out in January. We're getting the trailer for it pretty soon here. I predict that we will get it the week Halloween Kills come out. Halloween Kills come out because that would be amazing if that is one of the trailers shown before the movie. Yeah. Like two, 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 two movies from two iconic horror series, like having, and one would do a trailer before the actual, that would, they need to do it. That has to happen. That has to happen. That has to, that, that's yeah. too perfect. So yeah. that's my, that's my prediction. And also speaking of Scream, did you see that, um, the Airbnb post? No. The, oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And they had the they have the freaking uh, ghost face um, stained glass window. <laughs> um, I think David Arquette was gonna do a live there. Yeah, like because you could like rent it out and watch the movies with him or something. Oh my god, that's so cool! So, and I think um, I think ne- um, Nev Campbell just celebrated her birthday recently. That sounds right. Oh yeah, her birthday was um, yesterday on October third. Happy she, she birthday. They too, yeah. She turned forty-eight, so yeah. Well, happy, happy belated birthday, Nev. Bless you. Um, but no, that looks that looks like a fun. That'll be a fun thing to like Airbnb in the in like the finale house from Scream. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll be so cool. But yeah, guys, we're getting that trailer coming up here, and I'm too excited because I don't know. I don't know. I mean, after four, I don't know where we could go. But I'm just glad that Dewey. Um, Gail and Sydney are all back. So I need one of them to die. I think it might just happen. It has to. I think it otherwise, might what is the point? What is the reason? What is the what is the reason? I'm, I tell you that I'm gonna be destroyed in that theater though if it happens. Because we've been I mean we've been rocking with these characters since since babies. Wait, wait, like, wait, back in the day. Yeah, like, I was I was three years old. I turned exactly three years old when Scream came out. We share a birthday. I need Matthew Lillard to pop back up. I mean, because it wasn't really confirmed that he died, right? Like, not technically. We don't know. Not and it'd be good to see. And it'd be good to see Matthew Lillard in that. I miss him. I'm still not over the whole thing with Scoob. He was right there. Y'all could have asked him. Are y'all gonna just gave him the role? Shoot. Anyway. And yet. And yet. Yeah. And yet. Fools. A lot of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, that was an Agronomicon for this week. And uh, thank you guys for listening to that. Um, now we are going to get into our movie for this week for episode 36. We took it back to the year 1986. And I think we're keeping up our little, I don't know, not trend but little pattern of um the ravenous feminine <laughs> um because um in and in terms of you know in in um in an acknowledgement of spooky season um we are doing a vampire movie um a a, a sort of cult classic maybe um called vamp 
from 1986, starring the, the one, one and only, the, the only. iconic. Grace Jones. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, and we're and we're gonna talk about this because I, I have so much to say about it. I mean, who do you know can be like have like top billing for a movie and not utter one word? One single solitary word. Not one. One word. Not one. Not once. Not the whole, not once. Not once. The only other silent protagonist I've seen that has had like that kind of effect is Mario from the Paper Mario series. Doesn't say one word and commands everything. But no, Grace Grace Jones was like perfectly cast. I feel the movie couldn't have been made without her. But I feel, well, and we'll talk about this more later, but I feel like it's it's unfortunate that she was ornamental. Because it's that's it's that's it's like a it was both a blessing and a curse that she didn't speak. Yeah. Because it was like I felt like that it like underused her in a way. Oh yeah. Um, and she didn't even have a lot of screen time if you add it all up. Mm-mm. But she was able to command the screen in such a way that it just like it it almost seemed to balance out. But I I really do wish she would have she could have said something. But it it just but it 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 works in terms of the movie being so memorable to me. The fact that she didn't speak but still was able to have such a presence presence. Yeah. So yeah. so for those of you who haven't seen Vamp, um, we are introduced to the characters of. AJ and Keith, two young college students who um, are trying to get into a frat and upon rejecting the, um, you know, the usual initiation ceremonies or, you know, hazing rituals, what have you, um, they decide to sort of buy their way in by throwing the frat house a party and booking a stripper for said party. Um, to do so, they decide to go out of town trying to find like the best, most what exotic stripper. Yep. And they end up coming to like um a a a small town or or a town where they're you they it's end up Tuesday night strip club that you don't want to go to. That's where they end up. That one. So they basically ended up um for my for my uh Denver people, they basically ended up at um Saturdays on Colfax. And um wow, what a reference. Some my people from back home will get that <laughs> and they will laugh and I will love them for it. Um but yes, so they end up basically on like the wrong side of town in this seedy, like kind of shady strip club and all this stuff. And so um AJ, who was like, you know, like the leader of the of the two, um he, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um Katrina. Oh, wait. Hold on, because I want to back up for just a second. We don't need to introduce him yet. No, I don't want to talk about him. I'm talking about the fact that they drove so far to get to any type of metropolis. Where is this college? <laughs> I did. They drove for such a long time. I'm was like, there, where did y'all go to school? Yeah, were there no strip clubs like in the vicinity? 
or was it they were just really trying to find like yeah that part drove so far so they drove really far at it like away from the college y'all to find this stripper and they come upon like you know this run of the mill run of the mill whatever club and they are they see a performance by the give me give me an an adjective give me an adjective by the it's not hitting it's not hitting give me something else captivating okay okay that's that's closer that's closer i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um by the um rapturous tantalizing yes yes i think that's the one that's the one that's the um that's the word that's the verb the adjective by the tantalizing mysterious enigmatic um katrina yeah see i when i think hard enough they they come for me they come to me um katrina who you know that's the one they want because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get someone like that just anywhere so of course she would be the perfect person so aj goes backstage and you know he gets seduced by her but instead of you know um the deed happening he basically becomes food because it is revealed that katrina is a vampire vampire a va- yes and so she kills him and then that's when um keith realizes you know something's wrong and then he um joined by um allison. a friend from amaretto i just call her amaretto because that was her name but if her real name is allison in the movie also but I just enjoy Amaretto. I love that's a cute name, Amaretto. It's so cute. It's just it's really cute. And Amaretto is like a really good liqueur. Like Di Sarono. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It just it, it's like I know it's almond, but it's like maraschino cherries. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> um, but he but he is joined by Amaretto and they basically have to survive the night dealing with the um club's uh denizens who are did i say that right hold on the igors denizens what do you say that yeah the the club's denizens who are all undead are all vampires and it's like the, this whole almost everybody in the in while dodging like um this this gang of albinos <laughs> albinos um, with no teeth yeah and i'll have you know that one of them like the lead the leader who they called um yes yeah, snow played none other than by billy drago who's who some of you may know as barbus from charmed yep when i saw I his name like, i know this face what i know when i saw when i saw his name in the opening credits i was like wait a minute this sounds familiar, Barbus. So yeah, when Barbus <laughs> came up as as his character, Snow I was like, "Oh my God, I know who that is." So um, and so yeah, they have to survive the night, and you know, and it's just it's basically it's a really cute trope from the eighties, right? The one night where everything goes wrong. We've seen it in After Hours. We've seen it in Adventures in Babysitting. It's like we had this plan. And then what is what is it? Murphy's law. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
And then this took a supernatural turn to that trope. What I wished is that they would have they would have fed into the trope a little bit more purposefully Mm. because the side characters didn't really do much let's let's we can we can kid let's let's have that be the first thing we get into because duncan and even amaretto why were they there why they served no purpose duncan really just served the purpose of being like their transportation Uh, and not really not even that good of comedic relief it was very like one note yeah, it was. It didn't, it didn't, like, it just, I, you don't, you didn't end up laughing with the guy. You ended up feeling sorry for him. Sorry for him. Yep. And yep. Amaretto, it was just like, if she wasn't, at the end of the day, if she wasn't a vampire, too. Why was she there? There was no reason. Porque. Porque. I have a theory. Hmm. Why she was there. We'll get into that. I'll, oh. I promise. Well, because I'm saving it for another part of the conversation. But, I just the the film's secondary characters were not needed because AJ Keith and Katrina were enough. I think to carry the movie, um, the the friendship and you know relationship between AJ and Keith, I think was enough without needing Amaretto to do whatever she was in between that and yep. Duncan. Honestly, they could have just like what they could have just rented a car. They could have just. Like, I just, because I, were they, I think they were broke. They were broke. Okay, so maybe that wouldn't have. But even the gangster, like, Snow character, right? Laughing at that woman for her teeth, I don't think is a serious enough offense to warrant them chasing them around for the rest of the night. And I wish that there was some other element that created this, this, reason for them to run you know what well, I mean? it was it was more than just the teeth it was the fact that you know after he tried to you know after snow like oh and then they got into like the fight or whatever but yeah I with all the coffee like, i mean but okay so what he poured coffee on you like is are you really gonna chase them around all night and then i honestly wish that the, the setup of the film would have been that they one that they weren't as far away as they were mm. two maybe duncan was trying to be friends with them all along and he kept brushing them off and then he like tagged along anyway type of a thing and then they were wandering around that would have been better looking for strippers and like they're these privileged white boys who have never had to do this before right so they're like how do we do this how do we do this how do we do this and then they go up to the gang like he's flirting with the girl and he's like oh you know how to find strippers right and then sounds like the fuck. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and what then, of, who do I look like to you? What right, do you think who, this is? who do you think I am? And then they um then the altercation happens with the girl or whatever. And then maybe like they take some money or they steal his knife or something like that of, of the reason why he has to get it back. And then they they running from them go into the club. And they they know because they live in the freaking neighborhood not to go in there. So they run into the, the strip club and the and Snow and them are like, oh, no, y'all got that. Like, we're not going in there. And then the rest of the story happens where they mm-hmm. find that the strippers and they find Katrina and then AJ dies and like all the stuff. Yeah, it just because the what because the movie with I mean. It plays it relatively safe, but that's kind of the 
the problem because the movie doesn't really go anywhere. No. It doesn't. It's just, you know, it's just your run of the mill. Um, we have mm-hmm. to escape. We have to survive the night. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't we don't leave the town at all. We mm-hmm. are there from the moment they get there. We, we stay there the entirety of the movie. The movie ends with them still in the town. Um, is the we don't really get too much into the um, lore of the club. I mean, but I mean, I feel like we really don't have to. I think it was explained enough, but it just, I don't know. I just feel like I really would have wanted to see what it would have looked like if Katrina would have actually went back with them to the frat house. Yeah. Yep. Even even if they escaped the town, maybe Katrina followed them mm-hmm. to the frat house because she would have already... Back. Because she would have already known their plan because mm-hmm. AJ would have explained it to her. And, but they escape. She follows them. And they get back. They get back. Because the movie, let's say the movie ends differently. So they get back in time for the party, which is, I don't know, maybe it's happening. But then, you know, Katrina shows up there and it's like, you know, an all-you-can-eat buffet. And they have to, you know, it just would have been different. But yeah, with the, yeah. I just had like a shock of genius. You remember when he killed the girl with the shoe? Yeah, but that was a good, that was a good, yeah. What if they both got taken back there, right? Uh Uh-huh. And he goes to Katrina and what's his name is with the girl with the shoe. And then she tries to kill him and he accidentally kills her. And then he saves AJ from Katrina before she kills him. And they leave and go back to the college. Then we lose Amaretto unless she's a a student at the college i don't think she was but i mean in this instance she would have had to have been to be in the, in the story yeah and then you're right she gets like the 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 the, 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 the guy with the cigar to like maybe aj leaves his wallet or oh vlad mm-hmm. yeah and then katrina gets vlad to take them back to the college and then she's like walking around campus murdering everyone that would have been great yeah it would have been, yeah, that would have been interesting because I, I just, yeah, the movie didn't, the movie didn't really go anywhere. It was very self-contained to the point where it just felt like, why are, like, what, it's just, it just didn't lead anywhere. And it, it, and it didn't help that you had characters like Duncan and Amaretto who really didn't add anything to the story. Everybody was flat. Everybody was flat. Because the fact that it ended on a love story, I was so upset. I'm like, this was like... You don't even forced. remember her, dude. This is what we call hetero bullshit. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I, are we going to get into it? Are, yes. Okay. We're, okay. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get into it, folks. Okay. So <laughs> I was picking up on a lot of... Maybe you guys can call it like a homosocial relationship or whatever, but I was picking up, especially after, because, you know, AJ was bitten. We thought he was dead. Turned out he was undead because now he came back. Oh, no. Him. He was super dead. And then they brought him back to life. So then he, be- he, be- he became a vampire. Mm-hmm. And so we had that scene where they're in the, um, they're in the dressing room. It's AJ and Keith and AJ like reveals himself like that. He's undead but that he's also, you know, a vampire. And he's talking about like, I'm like, I'm seeing my best friend as food right now and all this stuff. And it's just like um, how he's like really trying to 
resist and hold himself back and the fact that like he says like like he loves keith and all this stuff and not to say this is anything you know romantic but but you know i would disagree i just i who did you say freud yes i'm done with you (laughs) i'm done with you not freud oh lord um but yes i was feeling i was feeling some um freudian vibes there (laughs) <laughs> I was feeling like it just felt very like I don't know like the emotion the the connection the, this whole like this uh no but it wanna, was it was very that. it was very much queer undertones right because you. we're in you. a strip club queer where men ogle women for their bodies and body parts and then I guess what is it like every guy's dream happens and he gets brought backstage to the to the private room. Because oh. when he sat on her bed, I was like, ew, outside clothes, gross. But I don't know you. Right, Why are you getting so comfortable? Why are you getting comfortable? But so then, you know, it happens. He's being seduced by this beautiful woman, blah, blah, blah. And the moment that they're actually about to have sex. She kills him, like straight up, rah, rah, sucks his blood. He's dead, dead and gone. And so it's like when he's brought back to life, you can look at the, the queering of the subtext because as a, as a, I've lived my life as a straight male, obviously, or uh, we assume that they both have, right? Mm. And then during this sexual encounter that, that cis straight men are supposed to have, it was violent. It was traumatic. And I died. And now I am sitting here looking at my best friend in the same way that that woman looked at me throughout this sexual encounter. Oh. And the, your best friend, the guy, whatever his name was, Keith. Cares, Keith cares about you so much as a person. He loves you, blah, 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 that he refuses to harm you. I loved it so much. I but it's it like so it's very much sexual tension. It's very much what are the 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 lines of my relationships have blurred because of this new awakening, right? Yeah, there was just a there was just a drop, just a drop of homoeroticism there because it's just like when you because like the hun- the hunger that uh, AJ was feeling for Keith, I was just like that. This can be this can be a metaphor just a mm-hmm. little bit and like the fact that like he keith i'm sorry yeah aj staked himself um to not harm his friend i thought was very like poetic but it was that and then also if we're looking at this from like a like a queer horror film lens Are you on that is it? that again is the hetero bullshit right because he's like I can't cross this line because I'm not supposed oh. to cross this line. So I will kill myself to avoid crossing said line. Oh. And then we don't see him again until Keith makes out with Amaretto. Then it's like, oh, it's safe because he has been, now he is, it is safe. He has been defined as straight. There is nothing gay here. Bring right. your best friend back. It's fine. And, and he will and, stay below. Right. That's what I was about to say. Stay and below. in the dark, in this in metaphorical dark, closet. Cannot While we are up in the sun. Yep. Where a fucking rainbow yep. stretches across the sky. And then, if you even wanted to keep going in this way, right? A- AJ was queered from the very beginning because of how much he cared about his clothes. <laughs> A- 
every <laughs> single slight against him was because something happened to his shirt in it's the like, in I, the beginning. I gotta get he's new like, clothes. Right. But like in the beginning, he's I told like, you to be, with my shirt. I told, I told you to be, be careful with my clothes. He got into a fight with snow because he spilled coffee on him. Little black briefs. <laughs> and then at the end, you know, he's like, my clothes are messed up. So like that could be really, especially in the 80s. Like, oh, yeah, because fashion was a hey, fashion was big. So, yeah, it's just so AJ and Keith were very interesting to me in that front because I just felt so many like like you said, queer undertones, but they're trying to be like ironed over by the fact that all this heteronormativity, the strip club, the girls, the fraternity. Yeah. The fraternity, because it's just, that's another thing. Cause the fraternity is a very, like very homosocial environment. Like the fact that, you know, what they were the, hanging themselves naked. <laughs> I actually thought um, before the whole, before he was like in full view and we saw he was in like black briefs. I actually thought he was naked. Because the mm. way the camera's angled, you know, we could just see, I and you and then how, because how a lot of fraternity like initiations go or um, hazings go, like in, in Hollywood terms, but also probably in you know real life with some of these uh, Greek places. But like pledging and hazing is done in like you know humiliation, and a lot of that humiliation is rooted in vulnerability, um, mm. and a lot of it has to do with being naked. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it was, so yeah, we get the, we get, so the clothes, but the fraternity stuff, like all the homosocial stuff, but also like with AJ and Keith personally, and you did, you didn't see it like more than you did in that one scene where in a dressing room and he's like going through the motions of, I want to like, I want to, I want to eat you. or I want to drain you. Like you're like, you're like, my lunch is like pulsing through your veins right now. And just all this stuff where it's just like. He wants to harm his friend, but he loves him, so he won't. And Keith also loves AJ, so he can't stake him. And just all this stuff about, I'm going to, I'm going to, I love you so much, I'm going to stake myself so I don't harm you. And I get that's what you mean by not cross the line, but I also saw it as the fact that he loves him so much, he's not going to hurt him. Kind of like how we can also rewind back to Jennifer's body, kind of like how um, Jennifer said, I couldn't bring myself to hurt you, so I left. Yeah. And th- and this is another interesting, because, in, I mean, we have to also realize there are two different times, but we also have to realize that queerness as expressed between women is different as queerness expressed between men yes. on this kind of platform. Women get much more of a bigger pass. Um, and because it, it's erotic. To, yeah, because you- it's, it's it's focused on the male gaze and it's and it's much more acceptable in real life. Like women can have um, what sleepovers or again, in Jennifer's body, sleep in the same bed and there's nothing. There's Sexual. no. But yeah, men, it's just like um, you don't really hear of men having sleepovers and you definitely don't hear of men sleeping in the same bed together. Even if they do, they have to do it in a way where. um someone is, is like a wall of pillows in the middle I, or i was going to say someone is laying where oh head to feet yes thank you thank you head to feet and just all this stuff where it's just like why are all the why are there always these barriers and these rules because it doesn't mean that what i just it i just feel it does a really 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 big disservice to men that they're not allowed to enjoy 
that kind of intimacy. And it doesn't even have to be sexual. It's just intimacy, closeness. Mm-hmm. And so like I, you even see it with, um, <laughs> and I hate when this happens to me, it hasn't happened for a while, but um, I'm a hugger you know, full, full, both arms, all that. I don't do that. Oh, you're not a church hug. You a real hug. I don't do that one arm shit or the, you know, the bro, the bro hug. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I get upset because it's just like, that's what's acceptable. And that, and that, and that just, and I feel like that does such a disservice to, to men everywhere because then they, they grow up and they experience like this, this half-life of emotions are or of what's acceptable and they're not able to they're they they're either not allowed or they don't know how to express themselves in like a a very like intimate deep truthful way it's always like stunted um and I just I went off on a really huge tangent. I apologize, but when you when you see when you see how queerness or just like you know what intimacy between um, same genders is yeah is expressed. It's just it's so it's so different across the board because uh, Jennifer's body that intimacy is not going to be looked the same way as if AJ and Keith were in there like if they had a makeout session. Yeah. Like instead of like he was gonna like he was gonna drain Keith, but before he did it, like they made out, but then he like staked himself to avoid like actually draining him. Like that would have been different, but also in the eight I don't know, but that I don't know. There just would have been a lot going on if that was like in the eighties. Cause we have to think about time. We also have to think about it's because um Miss Crenshaw, it's always about intersectionality. We have to think about the time, we have to think about the race, we have to think about um the even the ages, because this is college, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, there's just I just really think though there was a lot of queerness that could have really been expressed and like really like they could have went there a lot more. And I just feel like they would have been able to do that if Amaretto did not exist. Cause I really don't think she was, I really think that was one of the only purposes she served was just to be an unnecessary romantic plot device and used as like a shield of heterosexuality um, between the queerness of Keith and AJ. I think too, that we have to remember that Vamp is like Fright Night Light, you know? So Fright Night had our main character and his girlfriend and his friend. So in trying to replicate that, there was two guys and the girl. But the story, like the plot line was not there, right? So because of this queering, she is just like hetero BS. (laughs) And like, bloop, we need, bloop, we need, you know, a woman. A woman, yeah. I just feel like she wasn't necessary. And I feel like both her and Duncan were written. So like she had a lot of personality, but again, it just not enough was there to where she was even necessary or central for the story. And Duncan, I get the whole thing about um, he's, he's like the rich student who has to like buy friends. He's very lonely, but with him being just like a very one note comic relief that didn't add anything to the story aside from being flat comic relief, their ride. And like, even him 
having been bitten somehow and transforming. Well, they left him alone in the bar for a really long time. That's another thing. Why was he? He was just left alone. He was off screen for like 30 whole minutes. He was gone for a very long time. I forgot about him. Yeah, until the end. I was like, you're still around? Cool. So, and so when he, when he transforms in the backseat and he's a vampire and like he, they, they, they basically blow up the car with him in it. And he's like, guys, again, I felt sorry for him, but I also felt like, why were you here? You were not necessary. Yep. I mean, it was just the whole, the way that they structured the film was weird because the first part, the first third was really like kooky and crazy. And then this, the middle was like comedy. And then the last was, end was like survival horror. Cause it, cause it was, we, we were, ju- we were, we were jumping from like genre to genre. It, genre. Was, it was different. It was like, yep. it was, you know what I will say though? What I love. Oh, you're going to get into it. I know you're ready to say, I know what you're about to say. The light gags. Okay, the way this film was lit, boy, I love 80s because it was green and pink and purple and hard shadows everywhere. I loved it. I would say one of my, I would say my favorite lighting would be like in the sewers. Oh, it was so good. It was very, it gave me like Hulk energy. Yeah, the green, green, yeah, yeah. And then the tunnel, it was so much depth of field. I was like, oh, my favorite moment was when AJ died. Because his face was green and then she was just like on top of him and then she came up and there was blood everywhere. And I was like, I love the color play. I love the color play. I love the color play. Um, it, I will say, though, in the same note, like they used so much green. <laughs> there was green lighting everywhere and i'm just like why no one no one looks good in green light this is a strange choice but cool it was was a strange choice like that green and purple green and purple it was it there's like do you have any other lights are there any other colors on the spectrum of this film no okay oh no i mean it was it was interesting (laughs) it worked on that front like it didn't it didn't make it boring um, but yeah, it was, it was very, but I think that's the allure of vamp. It was like off-putting. I guess. Um, so let's really talk about Miss Grace Jones <sighs> and the fact that even though she's like the main star, like top billing, I know she was featured a lot in the marketing. Um, oh, huh, that's a cute tagline, a frightening comedy. <laughs> that's funny that's really good i like that i like that a frightening comedy because th- it, it was a horror comedy but grace jones plays katrina and the first time we see her it was giving like um and maybe and maybe she was inspired by vamp but it was giving um florence and the machine in the video they did for um spectrum with the white the white face makeup and the orange bob wig Florence, Florence's, Florence's wig was uh, multi-layered. It had like it had layers to it. Um, but Grace's was just very. It was just. It gave me very, very Lalo Lalo vibes. Is that how you say that man's name? Lalo. He's a uh, an artist. I think he's based in NYC. 
L A O L U. L A O L L A O L U. And then oh. NYC is is how you get to his Instagram. L A O O U. How do you spell it again? L A O. Sorry. L A O L U N Y C. Oh, L U L U. Okay. Let's see. Huh. Oh, because the paint. Yeah. The patterns. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. That is interesting. I just, I really love the, um, the makeup and also that, that, that dress, like the way it, um, unzipped in those places and also the, the wire bra and, um, panty. I, it's just like the, with the spiral design, almost like it was like, she was trying to hypnotize you, mm-hmm. like put you in a trance. Cause after she was done, nobody knew what to do after she was done that was funny everybody in the audience was like me when the credits rolled on shutter island in 2010 (laughs) i didn't know what the fuck i just saw i don't know what just happened but something did like like when i tell you crickets that movie theater was quiet nobody clapped nobody talked everybody was I'm, i think people were looking at each other i looked at who i was with like um what <laughs> but then slowly you know they started to clap because that's all you can do like what you just saw was an experience that you can't get anywhere else you may not understand it but what you just witnessed my god art like yes give it up give it up so they did and that's when AJ knew, like, she was the one. But Grace Jones um, is so, like, I don't, I, I don't, like, words escape me. I would, I've, she's, she reminds me of Bjork in, like, in terms of, like, um, mm-hmm. oh, you don't like that comparison? No, I do. Oh. But I think, and I think that supports what I was going to say, because it's, like, I wonder like, okay, if I if my sister watched this, if my baby sister watched this, she doesn't know who Grace Jones is. So I wonder if the reaction would be the same because you don't if you don't know who that is. Because if you don't know who Bjork is, it's just kind of like, what do you do with this? <laughs> like if you don't have a reference, yeah. Then it's just like, who is this? But, crazy but, that, but that but that's kind of like the beauty of it, because that's like the beauty of Grace Jones and like Bjork, that they're in lanes entirely of their own. And you can't, you can't really box them. And I think that's what made Grace Jones as Katrina work so well, because Katrina, I think um, I I was inferring she's like a vampire queen or something like that. Very Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you, and, and the fact that she never had to utter one word and had like that club in like a vice script, like everybody obeyed her, everybody listened, everybody knew what time it was when Katrina was on the stage. I just, it's just, I don't, I just feel having a presence like Grace Jones play that role was perfect. And it just, it wouldn't, I don't think it would have worked without her, not in the Mm -hmm. same way, Mm -mm. not in the same way. Cause Grace Jones is, oh, go on. I was just going to say, I, I was thinking back to all of the other vampires, right? And usually it's a man. Uh-huh. And usually they're trying to find a bride. And, 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 right? 
And so even though I personally am bothered by the fact that Grace Jones did not talk throughout the entire film, mm. it's interesting the moments that she had because she was not searching for a mate or a husband. Nope. Any of that. Nope, we're not doing none of that over here. And then whenever someone inferred for her or 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 assumed that she meant something, she ought she she did the opposite of that. Like the key example, I think, is with the waitress. Oh man, and the guy who owned the club was like, Oh, so you're not gonna punish her? Like if it was me, blah 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 blah. blah. And then she like ripped her heart out. And I think that it's interesting that when a black woman inherited or inherited, inhabited the space of like mother creator, right? Because like everyone in the club was her vampire child, basically. So she was like this mother figure. And she didn't have to say anything to keep them in mind to keep them straight and her actions spoke for her when she needed to make a point oh and i think that that is and they spoke so loud and clear right and it's cool i guess it's kind of cool to see that especially when this woman is a monster and especially when this black woman is a monster because it's it's both it's both a blessing and a curse of the movie that Katrina did not utter a single word. She cackled that one time. Just the once. But no words though. It was just it was just laughter, you know? And it's like because everyone else got to talk. So it yeah, it just some people it, more than probably what they should have. Uh, so it just it just makes me think like with her with her being such a huge presence and not have and not being able to say a word she has to rely on non-verbal acting which is face expressions which is body language which is very like physical and very like you have to communicate with like a single look and how she was able to seduce aj would just like yep like the power that that has that <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like with her being like the the main marketing point in this movie, I was really expecting her to speak. And I, I don't I can't remember the exact moment. They it, it ushered her. They ushered her. Oh. Not again. <laughs> not, not again, Mel. I mean, well, because well, Usher, his character was like what completely changed and like really reduced with hers. Uh, they again they put her at the forefront but she was very like because we got to what we have what we want you all to realize folks is that grace jones in this movie um i i guess we can relate to this to um brian cranston godzilla where they were both main marketing points in the movie but they are not featured heavily in the actual movie they have very small like total screen time and um and with grace jones they didn't even speak and it's like it's it's one thing to have her be in the movie not that much but it's another to have her be on screen but not utter a single word um 
I will say though that every costume she had on was flawless. Listen, great. It's it's Grace Jones. It's uh, I mean, when when you oh, Lord have mercy. When you look up the word Hold on. Oh, really? I thought she was taller than that. She's only Grace five. Jones? She's only five eight. I thought she was my height. She's only five eight. I thought she was five eleven. I thought she was like six foot tall. I was surreal about to use the word uh, statuesque, but I, I never guess... meet your heroes, folks. <laughs> I I always envisioned her as this like huge person. But I I think that just goes to like her um her bravada. Like it's just. Word. It's just she's just so like larger than life. Because when they when when they had her um, dancing on the stage, I really thought she was like five eleven. I did. I thought she was. I thought she was my high. I thought she was tall. She because she she just seems taller than. I mean, because I'm thinking I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Boomerang when she was in that. Wasn't she taller than Eddie Murphy in that? Yes, but he's also probably really short. Nah, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie's only five nine. Wow, I didn't know that either. I guess because he just seems very, you know, larger than life on screen too. Most actors are very short. Wow. Yeah, I know they're just they're very. Yes, bravado. Um, but yeah, she just very larger than life um screen presence and personality that really made the non-verbal i guess requirement of this role um act in her favor but it just it makes me sad that you know the one uh well there was another black woman on screen but the main like the antagonist or the one of the main characters a black woman was not able to speak um it just, I don't, I'm like, because, because one beautiful thing about Grace Jones in general, and also um, her character Katrina is they really show that Black women do not have to be mono, are not a monolith, like they're not monolithic. Like we have, we have Katrina who is um, like, a ve- like very, very much boss lady, like, but the silent the silent, um, the silent but deadly, you know, and like the queen, mm. like the queen, the like the piece, like if we're if we're doing chess, like commands the whole board without even having to utter a single word, and like she's very, but she's very out there. Like who do you know is in this bright wet red Weasley wig, Not with a Weasley wig, with the with the white face paint and the and the the what's his name again, Law. I think it's Lalo. L- Lalo patterned geometric designed. It's it's like, but all of that, the, the body paint, and I think that the like the breastplates and stuff. I love which are I love. Like I love because I, I love inspired swirl. yeah moments. Yeah. Because I think they were saying she was Egyptian. Yeah. I mean, when, there was like a, a sarcophagus. Yep. So she's so she's from she's she's from way way back and from royalty can we also talk about i'm so sorry you reminded me of this with the sarcophagus moment the moment towards the end when we turn survival and they're in this like crypt 
Now, now why, there's a now there's a Why crit. did they have Coffee. barrels of gasoline down there? Oh, yeah, that too. But wait, but wait, but wait. Hold on. Let's rewind for just a second, right? Because the whole reason Nasferatu was in a casket was because he had to sleep on the soil of his homeland to, to stay together. And that is a very ratchet summary of that but y'all y'all are with me right okay cool if all of those people were bus drivers and nurses and hairdressers from skid row why do they have coffins they don't need soil from any place they don't need it why are we in a sewer right now i could go home you know you know why you know and watch basic cable why am i in a sewer with with four barrels of of oil you know why? No, why? Because plot. <laughs> AJ had mentioned to Keith before he um before he killed over for like the second time um that they have to that they have to like that they get in their coffins before sunrise. And he was like I don't have to tell you like the second part or whatever. So that's and it's like you can't introduce like the 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 object of or the subject of coffins without showing them. So everything else was a MacGuffin. That could have been a MacGuffin too. So, because now I have questions. Who is building the coffins, Jared? What carpenter do they have on staff in this club that is out here just building coffins for all these people? Where I mean, are the other coffins? Where did the strippers sleep, Jared? I mean, where so, where's their nest? I mean sewers are large there could there could be other little <laughs> pockets of crypt there could be a- other areas like you just go down the you go down the block and you know there's another one i don't know some of them looked also makeshift like they were just like thrown together and some of them were already like built in like the crypt had been there underneath the the town for a long time so i don't um a plot uh plot hole plot something i don't know but that was thrown in there i do admit that was weird but what what really got me was the fact that there was gasoline barrels of gasoline to easily knock over they weren't even closed and that you could light a flame knowing you guys are um um that you guys precariously alive yeah that you guys find sunlight and fire fatal you would have a flammable material multiple amounts of it right in your your nest there were so many things so that was wrong um another another thing that got me was when it was daytime and the rainbow broke out and amaretto and uh you know what i'm sorry um and um keith and his beard were in the streets <laughs> just just body do da skipping down to heterosexual world why is it that all of a sudden the town is giving city where you're having cars you're having actual traffic you're having everybody is out like wh- where what it looked like a completely different place like because they were in i know they were already in the bad side of town but that looked like they were in like a a metro area it looks so different it seems so different than what it was like at night but maybe that's one of the things where it's like the difference is night and day at night everybody's yeah. inside maybe that's what it was maybe the small town knew about the vampires and that's why it's, it's so empty out there i just i just want to know what keith is gonna do 
How are you going to get back to college, Keith? Amaretto coming with you? She going to live in the dorm? He ain't got no car. Also, also, hold on. We skipped, we skipped, we skipped. We probably did. A whole major point. Because Keith turned into Katniss in Skid Row, okay? This was established in, this is established very early on in the movie in, movie in the dorm room when AJ had come in with an entire fucking payphone and um he was Pulled on it apple yes and he and he and and keith had his bow and arrow and to slice the apple he shot it and he got thrown half of it by aj while aj ate the other half i thought it was a really cute moment i thought That's it was not ridic- cute. i thought Where it was did ri- you get this crossbow i thought it, i thought it was ridiculous because it's just like why don't you just I'm cut sorry. it like what is I'm you know yelling. Let like, me calm down. I get it. I'm like, okay, frat boys, they do all this, you know, gotta be extra, but come on. Uh-uh. I just took I just took it to me. It's college mail. He probably has an archery class. Wait a minute. Who did you know in college that took archery? Nobody black. <laughs> get out. I'm just being truthful. I don't get out. I just I don't know. Get out. Like, hey, maybe they offered off campus. I don't know, but Again, this is the 80s. They didn't they offered stuff we don't have nowadays. So maybe he took an archery class. Maybe he grew up with it at the country club. I don't know. I don't know. But I was kind of glad to see like that come back later on in the movie, like the fact that he can use an arrow. Um but again, that was the perfect that scene when they got when they I think it was a pawn shop or something where they went in there and they got like she got this bazooka that they didn't even end up using um because they didn't have the bullets and that but he got his bone arrow there was that part where the camera went to that that surveillance mirror and like they sh- it showed keith in that's it. where it should have ended or something along the lines of like is she a vampire is she in a vampire we'll right, find they, out on next that's week's what I, episode of dragon that's, balls that's what like, i was thinking because they showed keith in it but she had already gone ahead so she uh-huh. wasn't in frame but i was thinking why would they show that though because that's because he was aiming at her first like you know like are you are you it was very like a the thing moment like are you yep. Are you are you one of us? Like, are you human? Are you what are you event? Like, so her not being one was whatever, but it would have been it would have been fitting and also predictable. But it would have been fitting if she did turn out to be a vampire and like yep. right before he, she was about to eat him, like he killed her or threw her in the something. sunlight or something. But I just like the ending of um the thing um like prequel from uh 2011 i really feel like they could have gone that route but again it would have just been formulaic because but i feel like that would have been better than this this beard route that it happened it was all it was all too much because i'm just like she was she was so unnecessary like she was a fun character but they, and they could have just introduced was she her. important no was she relevant no that's what was i'm saying essential they- to the story no. no, that's what I'm saying. They could have just kept her as like a waitress who remembered um, Keith from way back when. And then like, because uh-uh, the story was nonsense. Remember in fifth grade at homegirl's house by the shore? What? No. Spin the bottle. What are you talking about? I don't oh, know I you. Do. No. And clearly our lives have gone in two very different directions. Please. No. The answer is the answer is no. I would like a rum and coke. Thank you. Bye.
<laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but the movie was fun. Grace Jones is everything. Um, like a, a masterclass, I would say a nonverbal acting. Um, one thing I do want to mention before we end this was Vic was saying that he really wanted to go to Vegas and he really wanted to open up a club there. For 75 years, this man wanted to go to Vegas. He wanted to go to Vegas, Mel. Because that's yeah. where the money is. Because I, I th- thinking about the business model of this club, it it really was like they operate, they have a they have a system where the only people they feed on and take are um vagrants, people who will not be missed, people who are like wandering in from nowhere, they have nowhere to go. Like, you know, because that the wait that waitress had to die because she fucked up the she fucked up the plan. She fucked up the protocol. She didn't follow it because by them killing AJ, um, a white college student who came in with friends, of course he's going to have like people looking for him. And that's going to draw them unwelcome attention, which is very dangerous. So by her operating like this, this, this small town in like the bad part of it, they don't get very many people. Um, it's very easy for them to operate. And it made me think that like, she likes the, the quiet in a way, it, it really reminded me of American Horror Story Red Tide with the chemist, how instead of being in like some big place like Hollywood churning out these pills, she does so in like a quiet coastal town yeah. mm-hmm. where um, like the, the population booms in the summer, but the rest of the year, especially the winter, it's just like dead. So she can operate underneath that, that quiet, like that anonymity. If they went to Vegas, it would be so different. Because I think at the club there, it's not a in the, in like the small town. It's not about the money; it's just about the clientele. It's about the people. If they went to Vegas, it would be very money driven because they would have to. It would be more glitz, more, more glamour, glamour, more girls. But you girls. also couldn't control. You wouldn't have being in such small places and such like looked over places you have a lot more control of what's going on that's what i'm saying there would be a loss of control because yeah you would always be underneath the spotlight vegas will have tons of visitors um tons of groups coming in and you would you you would probably draw a ton of revenue if you do it right but the feeding would be very tricky because and then you'd get caught yeah because like if they were to because it would be so rare for them to have like a vagrant come in like someone who will not be missed because usually people go to vegas go in groups usually people go to vegas like they have they have connections or they have they will have told people especially modern day i'm in vegas so people are they're going to have a path there's going to be a trail and if so i think i think that's one of the reasons why she wasn't interested in vegas why she didn't want to go. Um, and I kind of felt sorry for Vic because he seemed like um, not only like um, like a businessman, but I think he really did want to change the pace. I think he really did want like that livelier, like more showbiz like thing. But I think that would be cool. Like a prequel. Like they did Vegas Vic, first. It didn't well, work. No, like how Vic got met Katrina and how he got stuck there because he said, you know, he used to come here, Louis Prima. I was like, what? I was like 1940 something what are you talking about yeah they've been around for some time so that means that she rolled up in the joint 
during in the middle of racism and was like, hello. <laughs> and then like turned everyone into vampires. That's a cool story. The power. Hello, white people. Nice to see you. <laughs> so no, that would that would be interesting. Um but yeah, I just I really feel like the business model would have been different and it just would have been like the the focus would have shifted because it would have been more precarious to feed. It would not have been as easy as it is in like that town. And I just, I don't know. I keep thinking of like, I don't know. What would this, what would it have looked like if if Vamp met P-Valley? Down in the valley where the girls get naked. If you throwing bands, then you know she gonna shake it. One, two, break them. Three, four, break them. I still haven't seen P-Valley. Where? I'm uncultured. It's fine. What are you doing? That was the show of the summer. It had everything that this movie was like, maybe, no, I don't want to say that, like missing. It, it, the queerness was there. The queerness was definitely there. Oh my God. It was so, Katori Hall. I, I love her. I love you. Just the right, she, oh my God, she did that because again, Black people are not a monolith. Black people be gay. Okay. Black people being bisexual, all this stuff. It's, it's so good. But yeah, if they were to, I would love to see like, like. So I'm going to watch it. I just need you to know that I'm the person that like, I hate things that are universally loved. If we hadn't seen Squid Games before the internet, I wouldn't have watched it. I'm the type of, I don't hate things that are universally loved. I just get to them a lot later. Like, yeah, um, yes. Same. Yes, I can't. I'm just. I gotta wait for the fanfare to die down. I get to. I get to them a lot, lot later. Like get. Like uh. Well, when the Sopranos came out, I was a child, so that that doesn't really count. But like for I'm trying to think of something like I recently just got into that people have been watching for a long time. Shoot, there's a bunch out there. I can't. I, I can't think of any names right now. But oh, um, no, The Wire doesn't count either. I was a child when that came out as well. Um, stuff you know but no i i hear you i hear you uh but yeah i just feel it would have been interesting if they did in vegas but it, it really changed everything the whole dynamic and i don't think that is what would have worked for uh miss katrina um so well, all in all i mean i think the movie is i mean i don't know good is relative right but it was entertaining it was entertaining and i think it, it i think it inspired a lot of vampire tropes you see like when i was watching this i was feeling so many true blood vibes like yeah. fang- fantasia <laughs> the fact that um like the the va- and like because the the whole club like fantasia because this came first reminds me of this strip club because you would have like the the everybody's a vampire um what's his name uh was that vlad who was in the who was in the bathroom that he that uh keith saw with his shirt off and there were all these yeah. bite marks yeah it was reminding me of like you know how, what they call them uh fang bangers yeah and true blood and just all this stuff i really feel it so if if um the sookie stackhouse novels weren't inspired just a little bit by vamp um i'd be surprised and apparently um there are a lot of comparisons drawn between this and um, from dusk till dawn. till dawn. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. There was a whole saloon full of vampire women, blah, blah, blah. blah yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So and this it is- was, and the, and the club in from dusk till dawn is called after dark. 
See? So, yeah. Because and because they, they made an emphasis on like, oh, this this club doesn't open until after dark. What time is after dark? What time is after dark? Yeah, that I was, was funny. I was actually sitting there trying to figure that. Out. I'm like, I want to say it's like after seven or after nine. Definitely after eight. Like I was really trying to figure out like what time of day that would actually be. Um, I was actually sad the club burned down. It burned wow. down. Um, I don't know. I think I think because I felt for Vic because <laughs> he just had bigger dreams. You know, that's the movie I want to see. AJ resurrects the club. <laughs> he could. He, he really could. could. That could be that. That could be his thing. Yep, that could be his thing because now that he's he can't go out in the sun, you know. What else is there to do? Right, so that could work. I I could see that. I just really, damn it, I I just really wanted like AJ and Keith. I just really wanted that because I felt it and I, I felt we deserved to see it. <laughs> I'm. You know what I just thought of? What was it? Allie and AJ from Disney Channel. Those are my girls back in 05. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, they had it, they had they had my middle school years in a chokehold. Um, no one potential breakup song, their cover of Walking on Sunshine. Oh my god. I remember that. From Herbie oh. Fully Loaded. Like I love I love the way they ended the song too. Like they did that. I'm walking on sunshine. I like they did like this layered, like, oh god. Uh, into the rush. Oh chemicals react. Okay, I didn't know we would go down this deep. Listen, of a rabbit hole. that album had me in a chokehold in 05. Okay, we're good. I'm sorry, but yeah, um, Division was also another good one, just so y'all know. Um, Bullseye, but okay, I need to stop. I'm, gonna, I'm going <laughs> off on a tangent. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I, think, I think that wraps up our crit. It does. Uh, oh, one, one more thing. Um, that scene in the hotel where it was like the hotel was like trying to kill him. Oh yeah, he's stuck by the elevator. Very I found destination too, hands down. Yeah. If they yeah. weren't inspired by that, I will also be surprised. Um, but yeah, that was it. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't it. Um, one more mention, one more mention. The prosthetics, I was not expecting that. It was very surprising. It was giving very much Cronenberg. Oh yeah, with the face and the nails and the the teeth. And I was all not that. expecting that, like the big bulging eyes with the contact. Yeah. I was not expecting any of that, so that was a surprise to me. But it worked, especially because again, Grace Jones has so much presence. It was it, it was giving me um, it was giving because these this this came after it. Um, the, these two came after it. Uh, the witches and um ginger snaps that's sort of mm. reminded me of like the, the the makeup effects and can we just talk about like how badass katrina's character is that she her last with her last skeletal breath she gave them the finger and died and then they turned back like okay i i guess that's it but yes that was it y'all i i, think I will can... say one more thing and then we're done i'm so sorry we're terrible we are. We, are. we apologize, podcast people. But the writing was so hit or miss because I hate when people are like, angry. You think I'm angry? You want to know why I'm angry? And then like rattle off a list of things because that was probably the best and the worst line in the whole film when Keith was like, testy, you want to know why I'm testy? I'll tell you why I'm testy. Ran down the whole list. Hung. I got fight by, I got into a fight with a psychotic. 
I met a human pin cushion in the bathroom. I ate a cockroach. My best friend is dead. And then I was nearly assassinated by an elevator. I had a bad day. And I'm just like, did we really at this point in the film need a really, did we need a synopsis? Because I didn't forget any of those things. That and happened. he deserved a hug. He just needed uh, a hug. The writing was poor. Oh, okay, oh shit. Okay. She said the writing was poor. I just, and I really love that line where, um, AJ was talking about like all the undead and he's like, can you like, can you imagine that or whatever? And they, and um, Keith is like, I'm talking to one right now. Oh yeah. That was a good line. I just, I justice for AJ and Keith. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we deserve that. There was just so much there, but okay. Thank you guys for listening. Um, any final curls for you, girl? No, like retweet, share, comment. All the things. Subscribe. Oh, one more thing. So I don't know if y'all remember, but our first and so far only special guest critter <laughs> on the podcast was my brother LJ. Yeah. And he has a like internet talk show called Art to Heart that we will be on. It is on Saturday on I think you can watch it on Facebook and you can watch it on YouTube. So we will put the links out as we get them. But it's very exciting. So check us out. Ask us questions. It's live. So that's fun. Yeah, we'll be live. I'm, I'm, I'm actually just a, I'm a little nervous, you know. So there's a lot of pressure. I don't know. <laughs> Under pressure. Do, 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 oh, dear. Do, do, do. Oh, I was thinking of. I was thinking of Ari. But okay, yeah, I, I think that's um, it for me too. I don't know. Um, Halloween's coming up. I hope you, if y'all are going out, get them costumes. Um, I'll be excited to, you know, see them on the gram or on the book, you know. Um, if I you think, don't do the who's drunk TikTok video, I don't want to see it. Who's drunk? I'll send it to you. If okay. you know, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know that I don't know. That's what I do know. Um, but anyway, um, you guys have <laughs> you guys have a pleasant rest of your week, and we'll talk to you later. Later on, podcast people. <laughs>